Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon, Derek. It is coming to you uh, this t- oh, a day early this week. We decided to put this out a day early. May do that going forward, uh, having it toward the end of the week. Uh, you made the suggestion that maybe we should look to have it more in the center part of the week so we can kind of cover the end of last week's news, the first week this week's news, and then kind of go forward that way. So we're going to try our very best to get these out to you on Thursday now. Not saying they won't come Friday sometimes, but uh, the best we can on Thursday, starting today, I guess when you're hearing this, for this to be the first Thursday that this happens uh, going forward. So we'll see. We'll see how that works out. And please give us feedback to uh, the the. I guess all the, the Instagram, Twitter, and uh, the email that Matt will give you toward the end of the show. But uh, anyway, that's just kind of what we're doing. So coming to you on a Wednesday afternoon, and it looks like we're about to get hit with a little rain there, Matt. Last time we recorded, Derek, last week, it was <laughs> really, really bad storms came through as we recorded. Same exact thing on Ash Wednesday today. Uh, please email us uh, different suggestions, things that you like and don't like, and uh, we'll read them and uh, do exactly what we want. So that's kind of <laughs> how that works. So uh, you may not want to uh, waste your keyboard time. I-, I kid, of course. Send us all that information. Let us know how we're doing. We've had some constructive criticism in the past, and, and we're taking that to, to heart and, and incorporated into the show a bit but um you know if you're just emailing us to agree with maybe something we said I, you, you know it's a little bit of a waste yeah well i mean <laughs> we, we like that too though yeah just... we like that too but Derek, one of the things that we do like is whenever people email us or respond to us in public talk to us about a good experience when it comes to some of our sponsors as we get started on this ash wednesday show none of this would be possible without our 2023 presenting sponsor mr brian couch with team couch or birch realty group Team Couch or Birch Realty Group possesses over 68 years of combined real estate experience. They're the number one selling team when it comes to residential real estate in DeSoto County. Brian and Terry are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available anytime you need them. They were also voted DeSoto's best for the fifth time. Still a good time to list your house in Hernando, Mississippi and DeSoto County, and they are currently offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. Simply give them your address. They can tell you all about your neighborhood, your zip code, what's going on on your street, how fast homes are selling, how long they're staying on the market, how fast they're going through escrow, all those analytics. Brian and Terry and their team with Team Couch or Birch Realty Group possess them. Give them a call today, 662-449-1700. Call Brian directly on his cell phone at 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. You can also do a full home search throughout the Mid-South on their award-winning website, teamcouch.com. Again, teamcouch.com. With this very large decision to make, whether you're buying or selling a home, don't trust it to someone that's just gotten into the real estate market. Work with the best. Work with those that have thousands and thousands of closings under their belt. Brian and Terry with Team Couch, a Birch Realty Group. Give them a call today. Again, 662-449-1700. And podcast listeners, always remember, every home needs a couch. Glad to be recording from the Mobile Cars and Van Rental Studios. Mobile Cars and Vans located at the corner of McCracken and Commerce right here in Hernando. If you're familiar with the BP station that had the roof torn off for about two years, now this has been renovated and it looks so much better. We're going to be right behind that. Cars, trucks, vans. If you're traveling for spring break, if you're a part of a church youth group, adult group, children's ministry, we're starting to get booked up for the month of June especially and July in the summer for church youth groups give us a call today 662-469-4555 again that's 662-469-4555 think local rent local give us a call today mobile cars and vans
Well, Derek, the first thing we want to talk about, as you just mentioned, we're going to try and do a little bit more stuff where maybe we record on Wednesdays, release on Thursdays, maybe even release some on Wednesdays if we're able to get them edited and get some things uh, punched out. So really to try and focus on the previous weekend and then focus on maybe the different things that are coming up over the next weekend in this wonderful city we call home, Hernando, Mississippi. But let's talk about last weekend, a great event that you and I were a part of, the Crew of Hernando's 11th Annual Mardi Gras Ball. Derek, it was uh, Hernando showed out. No yeah. fans about it. Hernando yep. definitely showed out. Mustache the band was entertainment. Group of guys out of Oxford, mainly out of Oxford. And uh, after the band was done, one of them did mention to me, hey, one of the best crowds we've had in a long time. And, um, I mean, 90s country. They rocked from 845 to 1145. Just a really, really good time. Thank you to all the sponsors, to all the vendors, all those that attended. I think uh, you definitely got your money's worth last Saturday night. 500 people. Yep. Uh, I mean, we'll say it's 500 people attended. That was a uh, – Number of tickets that we had, our tickets were gone, and I promise you, I think every one of them were used, showed up. Maybe there were two people sick or something, but other than that, packed house. Everybody got there about the time the band started, so huge mass influx between that 8.30 and 9 o'clock time frame. Uh, you know, kind of got a little jammed there at the door, but once everybody kind of found their spot uh, in the gym, it was plenty of room. Uh, it was just, uh, I mean, a great time. I, you know, no, no incidences, knock on wood there. Uh, I think we did uh, well in our silent auction. Yes. Um, we had a, a photo booth that uh, it seemed that people really enjoyed and just a really great time. Uh, and again, this is the money that the crew will use to fund all the projects throughout the year outside of the teacher grants. The teacher grants has its own fundraiser that we do in July, a golf tournament that funds those only. Everything else that the crew does, uh, helping out uh, families, individuals, uh, other nonprofits, uh, all that comes from this Mardi Gras ball. So we really want to say thank you to all those who bought tickets, all those that showed up. Uh, again, like you said, all the sponsors. Uh, just a wonderful, wonderful time. Uh, beautiful night. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, the weather was great. Weather was great. And it was cool, but not too cold. Um, and, you know, we're able just to open it up and uh, really had a good time with the Mardi Gras ball. Yeah. And look, this was at the gin at Nesbitt. Uh, again, the, she doesn't give us, we have to pay for it, but yes. uh, she does work with us on our price. And uh, it's been a nice venue that we've had for the last four years there at the gin. So shout out to Christy and the ladies that run the, the gin there in Nesbitt. And they do a wonderful job letting us have the venue for the entire weekend. That helps us right. out a, a ton being able to come in on friday also come in on sunday do some cleaning up and stuff like that just look wonderful opportunity a lot of fun if you've never attended we're going to run it back uh, next year we're going to have a great time next yeah. year our 12th annual we're really looking forward to it we'll have the date for that pretty soon so we'll be uh, able to release that and let you guys know what that looks like sometime mid-march we'll have all the t's crossed and i's dotted on the budget and how much we raise and derek and i can't wait to uh, announce that because we've had a couple of people text us or email us on hey how'd you guys do in the market ball what's the number well we're getting closer every day to getting that done so uh, we really appreciate hernando showing out last saturday night and again we'll look forward to our 12th annual ball next february but Derek, one of those things as you mentioned that we work hard on nonprofits and different stuff like that uh, to help the city and help work the city the parks have benefited from the crew of hernando and uh, different generosity there and uh, speaking of parks let's turn our attention to the board of alderman meeting in the city of hernando for the second time this month what we got uh, as we always do, we'll kind of uh, skip the, the first part of the agenda. I do want to mention there was one thing that Alderman Piper wanted to have taken out of the consent agenda. All the consent agenda was approved except for the approval for Mayor Johnson and any Board of Aldermen members to attend the National League of Cities Conference in Washington, D.C. from March 25th to the 29th uh, and to pay travel and registration expenses. Now, the, he just kind of wanted to know, I think that they are planning another trip in May 
to go back to D.C. for something. He kind of wanted to know why do we need to go two months apart. It's for two different things. And so the mayor said that um, this is the National League of Cities Conference. The mayor is on a couple of the committees that will meet and will also meet with House and Senate leaders while he's up there. Uh, Alderman Miller agreed, was the one that actually pushed for the mayor to get back on that committee last year. Uh, and he agrees that this is mainly used for networking. So kind of what they do for Mississippi Municipal League down in Biloxi that they go to every year, this is very similar to that on the national level. So there'll be cities from all around the nations getting together and networking, getting ideas, passing off ideas. And so Alderman Miller agrees that this is something that uh, at least the mayor, if not Alderman, need to attend every year. Well, it was listed, excuse me, for any board of Alderman members to attend. So that maybe that maybe that was Alderman Piper, kind of some of his thinking. Well, how so not required by the board of Alderman to go? No, no, they're just, if they decide to go, the city will pay for pay it. For, yeah. yeah. That makes um, total sense. So anyway, it was put to a vote because it was separated out. It was put to a vote, passed five to two with Alderman Piper and Alderman Wicker voting no uh, on that. So they will be able to go if they want to. I'm going to probably say that Alderman Piper and Alderman Wicker, Wicker will not be wanting to go. <laughs> not both of them. Uh, not, and so, but anybody else that can go. But again, it's more of a networking opportunity uh, as was kind of basically, I guess, pretty well explained by Alderman Miller yeah. uh, in that discussion. Gotcha. Uh, next, moving on, uh, the A Fair did ask for a little more money this year. They're asking for fifteen hundred dollars from the city. So, which, it's, a, so it's A plus B Fair. A, 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 a plus, yes, A plus uh, plus, A squared, uh, A squared. There you go, whatever. <laughs> a squared, a little bit more. Yeah, uh, uh, the I mean, A squared. Hey, it's a wonderful a thing. It makes total sense. Yes, it does. Fifteen hundred dollars for the city to be a city sponsor. I mean, to be a sponsor of it. Uh, this was approved, and just for everybody's knowledge. It's always the third Saturday of yes, May. Yes. This year it's May 20th, so put that on your calendar. Uh, then we really got into the uh, planning. To, uh, after this is pretty much the rest of the meeting. It was the planning commission uh, with one, and then with one more item at the end. The first one was the uh, appeal of the decision of the planning commission. They denied a variance for the material offense for Wade uh, Incorporated. This is the property, basically the John Deere property. Yeah, John Deere. Uh, on Commerce Street uh, just outside of town. The, they currently, I guess, have like a, a chain link fence with uh, barbed wire on, on top of that that is not allowed. They're looking to kind of uh, do some in the back, right? In, in the back. Well, it's they're wanting to put some kind of toward the front oh, around some of the tractors, right? You know, they kind of made a mention, hey, we're industrial. We, we got to keep people out of this property. Uh, I don't know if like an iron will do it. It was denied at the planning commission. They asked to have this tabled for 30 days. So they can kind of meet with some architects to maybe get some better plans uh, that would maybe hopefully get a little close to what the city wanted or the planning commission wanted, but at the same time still give them the protection that they need to try to protect their equipment. So that, that was tabled 30 days. The next one was the one that probably would have taken twice as long <laughs> or made the meeting twice as long was the Delta Landing PUD. So those of y'all that were looking for that, it was denied the uh, amendment to the PUD. Or again, this PUD was approved as Brighton states or Brighton, something like that, uh, in 2007. Uh, it is now, so they could start tomorrow as Brighton if they wanted to. They're looking to amend it. Uh, the amendments were denied during the planning commission on February 14th. The applicant has requested to table the item. They, they're, so they're bringing it before the alderman to try to go above that denial, yes. uh, which means they'll need a supermajority. Uh, they're going to come back on March 7th. Again, again, real quick, this is the project across from the new high school. Yes. Which was approved in 2007. Correct. Now a lot's changed because 15, 16 years later, the high school's going across the street, That's which right. is a big deal. And uh, a lot's changed in the last 16 years when it comes to that. One of, we, Derek and I covered this. One of the main things they're looking to do is tie into a road 
that comes off a pleasant hill road right here in the city. That was one of the main things that they were trying to do, give them a little bit more ingress and egress uh, there. So uh, it was tabled, or it was it was it was no? denied by the planning commission, but, okay. but tabled by the aldermen. To, they're they're going to try to go above the planning commission right. to get this done. Uh, What's that the supermajority? Seven zero six one five two five two has to be okay. five two or, or better. So one of the the I guess issues was coming off a of pleasant yes. hill. There's also there looks to be sports fields in this thing wow. there's there's clock towers there's parks hello there are some condominium style slash apartments not quite sure how that's okay. going to be labeled type things so a lot of that's going to agree on to it. it's 251 acres um again it is a very large development and so we will i would imagine if it does come on march 7th it, it's going to be at least 45 right. to an hour discussion and potentially a ymca there there's a yes one of the lots uh if you look at the current plan that they're presenting correct has a ymca lot that w- or a lot that would be donated to the ymca there is mixed commercial um and then there's so it's, it'll be residential commercial uh and against uh, a lot of green space uh, uh, walking trails and that sort of thing so anyway uh we will look to cover that on, on after the march 7th meeting which I, I can imagine a lot of y'all are interested in and also probably will be at the meeting to either speak for or against it do we any of those apartments derek that they're possibly building can we set some aside for uh, teacher assistance you know, because they're, we don't support them well, very well in this county. Yeah, it's very hard. I, I, it's, I say that as a joke. I figured I had no less than 10 people talk to me about the at the Mardi Gras ball about the vote, yeah. uh, you know, several weeks ago and mentioned that to me. So it is definitely a hot topic in Hernando, Mississippi, and I would assume is other places. So we need to we need to be able to maybe find housing for teachers assistants. Yeah. If oh, yeah. Gonna, if you right. want to live in Hernando, it's very, very tough to find anything at, <laughs> uh, at, at 17 to $20,000 right. a year. I would agree. Seven, yes. Well, now it's 20, though. It was, it was voted yes. So yeah. it's now it's 20. Um, the next item on the planning section uh, of the meeting was a request to rezone 26 acres of uh, agriculture to C2 Highway Commercial. Uh, this is off of Chulahoma Road, basically sitting between the Gatorade Field House and I-269. So there's a piece of property that kind of wraps behind uh, those houses. It actually is between the field house and I-269, but the entrance right now is off of Chihuahua Road. Now, all properties surrounding the property that have recently been requested to go to C2 have been approved, and this is all from 2018 through 2022. So again, all of the ones that have, you know, the field house being one of them, there's several other properties there that were requested to go from agriculture to C2. All of those were approved. They have agreed to have access from Green Tea Road and from not Chihuahua. So Chihuahua will not be the main entrance when this property is finally developed. Now, this is, again, this is just asking for the rezoning. They'll still have to come back with their development plan. The owner has agreed to strike several usages from the C2 for this property. Again, several usages uh, from C2 uh, on this property. Uh, The number that will be struck, basically, is over 30% of the usages have been struck because of the numbers that they took out. So, again, that's a, you know, they really limited what they could do because they wanted to make sure that everybody around them understands, hey, we're not looking just to put anything here. We we agree to strike down over 30% of what the available usage would be if this property was approved. That that property, another C2 property, and the field house, the, the, the Greg Drumwright property next to the field house, those three properties they will come back in the future and probably not too far in the future with a development plan for those three lots. That will give them the access from Green Tea Road that will be the main entrance into this complex. Again, Chulahoma will be a secondary exit entrance, but the main entrance will be off of Green Tea Road. Um, and again, there was a, you know, just a conversation, well, we, we're going to approve this without you having that that entrance yet. You know, Some of that conversation, which I completely understood, but they're like, look, no, no, we, you know, this is... 
not something we're going to bring this all back to you together and greg will be a partner on this so i think within probably the next 30 to 60 days there will be something coming at least before the planning commission to talk about that uh involving that property going all the way from green tea to the interstate and then kind of wrapping to the east so again i'm excited for that as it comes forward this was approved as presented with all the reduced usage the next three all are related they're all the same landowner and they were represented by Joe Frank Lauderdale, who uh, basically, um, you know, kind of presented the three. They were basically on Mount Pleasant Road. We talked about this, uh, well, got, Matt, what, a month or two ago? At least. Where that church was approved. There was a four-acre piece that was approved on Mount Pleasant across from the entrance to the elementary school. There was a, a four acres carved out that's going to be a church. So property to the north of that, uh, owned by Sam Lauderdale, he is taking three of those uh, I guess we're taking the land and dividing them into three lots. So there, one of them is a 1.1 acre lot, one of them is a 0.92 acre lot, and one of them is a 0.51 acre lot. So again, he's just making these into separate residential lots. The Planning Commission approved the, all three of them with the subdivision criteria. That means that they will have to have sidewalks, have to have the setbacks, et cetera, et cetera. The, uh, this is, uh, again, just if you that, that land in between the... Um, you know, from where Riley Street is down to the entrance to the school, kind of that land in there. Uh, three lots were made, 1.1 acres, 0.92 acres, and 0.51 acres. All three of those lots had the final plat done, you know, so now they can be looked to, I guess, be residential properties. The next uh, part of the agenda says the discussion or amending the subdivision regulations to include a universal street sign regulation. Now, the mayor has been working with the utility department and with Alderwoman Lynch to come up with a standard design for all street signs for all neighborhoods going forward. This will give the develop any developer coming into the city a design standard for street signs. What they're seeing is a lot of the developers come in, they put their own kind of sign, all all the signs look different. Some of them start rusting out even before, like, even before the subdivision's completed. Uh, and so the city has to go back and replace the signs. And so the head of the utility department came up with two designs that were looked at. The first would be a normal street sign, which is basically just the pole and the sign comes straight out from the pole. And then the second, uh, second design would be the signs that kind of come out. You have like a pole and then you have another, I guess, metal rod or whatever coming out. And the sign hangs down from that little arm. And so they kind of give the board two choices of what they wanted to do. This would be given to all the developers, and they would have to use what is approved. Now, a lot of that, they wanted to look to use galvanized versus a painted pole. There's about a $10 difference per pole, uh, but the galvanized you know, could last a lot longer. Uh, the board agreed, and what they did was they asked Austin to bring back before the board uh, just you know exactly what they wanted, uh, the, sign, the choice that they made, and there will be public comment uh, before adopting at a meeting in, in, within the next 30 days. So probably 30 days from now, uh, Austin will bring this back saying, hey, here's the public hearing for the sign ordinance. Have any public comment, and they will probably look to approve it that night. The final thing uh, on the agenda from Tuesday night is the garbage contract. This was a, a discussion only right now. And so right now the contract that we have with the it's Waste Connections is the name of the trash, the trash company that we use for the city. The contract expires around uh, October, which, of course, is the start of the city's year. And the uh, head of the utility department, Lee, wanted to put together a, a committee together to review the current deal and look for possible other deals to get the city, you know, obviously the best price. The head of the utility department uh, also has a consultant looking at it to make recommendations to the formed committee. DeSoto County, so the county just recently got bids for their uh, garbage pickup 
and received seven different bids to look at. The last time that the city bid, they got three, but only two of those companies are still left in existence. The county did mention that the cost will be going up, so we should look for our trash pickup, unfortunately, to start going up whenever this new contract is signed. Alderman Piper agreed to be on the committee. Uh, Alderman Miller then asked if the city and county could use the same contractor consultant and get a discounted cost for that. Uh, Lee wasn't sure about that, but he did mention that the consultant is not being paid to just meet with them. Again, he's not saying now if they do decide, okay, we want, we want your help going forward, he'll charge them. But right now, just to meet, to kind of go over you know, what he could do, there's no cost for that. Alderwoman Lynch then mentioned that she would also like to be on the committee. Uh, and so a motion was made to form the committee, and they will start on that and, again, try to have something and start <clears throat> deciding, you know, what kind of stipulations they want to put on this bid before they do put it out to bid here in the next couple months to have it in place by October. Road signs, uh, trash contracts, again, uh, a number of different something things. You, you stay so up all never. night thinking about? Nope, nope, no, nope. No, things okay. I never think okay. about, and, uh, <laughs> and I'll never be a member. I'll actually never be an alderman. At an alderman meeting. Never going to happen. So, <laughs> not going to happen. Those are some different things. God bless those people that go and do that for us. We really appreciate that. Look forward to reporting on that coming up with what they find. So, thank you to the Board of Aldermen, the City Mayor, all those different people that have to be there the first and third Tuesday doing city business. We definitely appreciate uh, what you guys do for the city. And, Derek, something else the city has done as a service to the community is an opportunity to uh, report some things. Tell us all about it. Yeah, Hernandez City officials are urging city residents to report potholes they may encounter while you're driving on the streets of Hernando. The recent ice storms and cold weather have helped increase the number of potholes that have appeared around the city and in your neighborhoods. When rain and moisture enters the small cracks of the asphalt, potholes develop, and it's unfortunate, but of course, as we all know, part of winter driving here around in the Mid-South. When the moisture from normal precipitation gets into the cracks, it dries out, quickly with little to no damage, but when the moisture in the cracks freezes, that's when it causes the problems. So what Hernandez is allowing you to do is residents can go to report a concern tab. So if you go to the, and I want to do say this, the newly revamped City of Hernando website, it is nice. It's cityofhernando.org? Yeah, cityofhernando.org. It's very nice. I mean, it's uh, much more colorful. Very, It's much more user-friendly. A lot, a lot of big tabs, a lot of beautiful pictures on there. So again, I can, if you've not seen it, or if you you know hadn't gone to it lately, please go to Again, cityofhernando.org, go to uh, the Report a Concern tab on the city website, and you can report potholes and other issues going in and around that you see, that you notice, maybe on your street, and they will go ahead and get that on a list. So I think that's a great idea. Sure. I think they, they uh, are constantly filling potholes around the city. They, there is a budget for that, uh, but they do constantly reach out. I know that our neighborhood has had it done a couple times. Um, so, it, again, this is not overlays. This is not the little spider veins that are doing for the street. Those all have to be bit out. This is just to fill up you know, potholes that you see in and around the city. Go to the cityofhernando.org. Go to report a concern and uh, let them know about it. Derek, as I mentioned, Mobile Cars and Vans uh, is right beside the big BP station that just got a, had a major renovation. Uh, one thing that was not part of that renovation was the asphalt uh, turn, right the turn right there and the amount of potholes that are there. I don't know whose responsibility that is, but I have seen numerous axles um, <laughs> just bottom out there. It's well, been tremendous. So hopefully uh, it's better now. Report well, a concern. Uh, well, exactly. You can do that on their website. But it's right there. It's actually been repaired a little bit, filled with some rock and stuff like that. So not – 
maybe what they're going to go with long term, but uh, just tremendous what uh, those potholes have become between the ice and between the water and the number of people that pull into that BP station coming right past our business is, uh, I mean, well, I mean a lot you know, of it. We forget now that it's been 70 all week and we're getting basically spring showers uh, as we're recording this, but uh, it's it was a brutal start to the winter. Oh, no winter. Doubt. An absolutely brutal start to the winter. So we'll see if we get another round of it. I'm kind of nervous that it's been so warm in February that March may be 20 the whole month we all understand why the potholes are there because we had a, a two brutal stretches of cold weather we definitely have Derek to uh, kick off the um, early spring late winter time right here in the city of Fernando something we like to do is break down or tell you about any bills that maybe pass that affect people in DeSoto County something that may maybe interest Derek and I and, and so what we're doing here the reason we're announcing this one and going to talk about this one or move pretty quickly through this one is we're going to it's the first bill that's on the governor's desk in 2023 well the, the first with any kind of um oh i'm sorry it's the first bill with I, any I, kind I, of, I won't say it's the, the number the, the the very first bill but okay. it's one of the first bills one of the first bill and, and one that actually got a, you know gets a lot of publicity and that people were watching closely okay. yes. all right so Derek, go ahead and tell us all about that particular bill that i speak of all right so the reap bill passed this week uh and this was a a bill that was went through both the House and the Senate, and the purpose of the bill was to prevent transgender adolescent surgeries. The bill to regulate transgender procedures and surgeries in Mississippi for those under the age of 18 has passed both the House and the Senate and is on its way to Governor Tate Reeves' desk, which is why we're speaking about it today. Uh, Tuesday, the Senate uh, passed House Bill 1125 called the Regulate Experimental Adolescent Procedures, the REAP Act, on a 33 to 15 vote. The measure earlier had passed the House on a 78 to 30 vote, sending it to the Senate for consideration. The measure will prohibit Mississippi doctors from performing gender-affirming surgery or prescribing drugs, such as hormone replacement therapy, to those under the age of 18. It would also allow for the doctor's licenses to be revoked and create a civil claim of action for them to be sued with a 30-year statute of limitations. It would prohibit insurances of or Medicaid from reimbursing families for such procedures and would strip doctors who provide them of the state's generous tort claims protections. Among the 12 original sponsors of the bill in the Mississippi House were DeSoto County Legislatures Dan Eubanks of Walls, Steve Hopkins of South Haven, and Bill Kincaid of Bahalia, who does have an eastern portion of DeSoto County. So, again, we try to cover the, the main bills, the large bills, that have a lot of, I mean, if, if there may be a little smaller ones for like this city doing this or whatever. I'm not going to cover it, of course, unless it's a Hernando specific only bill. But the one that, the, the first main one that was statewide uh, is the REIT bill that will be, that is on the governor's desk now. And just as a reminder, once it hits his desk, he, there's, he has five days. He can do one of three things he can sign it, make it to law, he can veto it, which then sends it back, and they have to have a two thirds vote in each of the houses to override that veto, or he cannot sign it let the five days expires, it still becomes a law, but it becomes a law without his signature. So those are the three options he has for the next five days. He has mentioned he does planning on sending this law, but, I mean, until he does, you know, obviously, you know, we'll wait to see if that happens. May, we may or may not report that uh, but because I, I do expect him either to sign right. it or just to let it go and it become a law. Right, exactly. I mean, and again – this may not be the first bill that's on his desk from this uh, particular um, you know season of, of it's the first it's the first major statewide bill right I can, it's I can the first major statewide bill say that, it's yes. definitely the first major na major statewide bill that may get national attention or get attention outside of uh, the state of Mississippi yeah for sure well it, it, it has right it, it has yeah. you know very interesting Derek I am not going to 
speak much on, on this. Uh, you're welcome to. I'm not going to do that. I will say this about politician though. Politicians they get they give the media a hard time about a hot topic. They react the same way. Yes, I'll just say yes. that. Yes, that is yes. I I'll agree. Just, <laughs> They they pay attention with the media and the, and the hot topic that's going on in the media, and they can't stand the media because of that. Politicians, both national and definitely statewide politicians, some in this area especially, whatever's trending, they're going to jump well, on. Well, it's – I mean, again, I'm, this is not speaking – I mean, I guess a little bit to speak to this bill, but the whole thing is that there are – Mississippi has um, many, many, many statewide issues that have been lingering on for decades – that have yet to be fixed. Generational issues. Yes, yeah, generational issues that uh, have yet to be fixed. And then, as you said, a trending topic or a trendy topic comes along, right. and we get it passed in a year. Right, we get it passed in a year. But but Brad Favre can do whatever he wants to do for several years, <laughs> but we move pretty quickly on that, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so just, I mean, it's going to take us 47 years to, to, get a, to get a road from Interstate 55, Goodman Road, or yes. Church uh, State Line, to past Hern- uh, Hernando, Mississippi. Yes. It'll be – Anywhere from 30 to 40 years, but it took us 30 to 40 seconds to get this done. 34 days, literally 30. Literally 30 to 40 days. Yes. I mean, okay. Like I said, as much as we dislike the media uh, focusing on trendy topics, uh, that's what politicians do as well. Well, you know, I just, uh, we hope for, (laughs) and I will say this, for those of y'all that have been paying attention, and it was one of my predictions, my prediction is not looking too good right now. The other big thing coming out this week from the legislature, the House did not, everybody expected them to send some type of, Income tax reform, mm-hmm. whether it be eliminating it or something maybe with the, the grocery tax, n- nothing. Today is Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, as of uh, lunchtime today, they, they met in the morning. They were hoping if something come out in the morning. It was mentioned that nothing will be coming out in the morning. I don't expect them to get anything out in the afternoon. That does not mean that they cannot come back with an amendment uh, on another bill later on in the session that could do something maybe with the grocery tax. But for a, a bill, standalone bill by itself to eliminate an income tax, to send out some type of um, tax rebate, right now that does not look like it's going to happen mm-hmm. this session, this year. Uh, unless, of course, that there is a, I think there's a, a rule where to, if, um, if you wanted to bring it on top of something else, it would take a two-thirds vote. Uh, and or it, uh, the the governor, if he really pushes this, could call a special session after you know after they signed I. He could say no no no, y'all come back. I want y'all to get some kind of income tax. He could sure. actually push for that too. And it was surprising because not only the, are the Democrats coming out and saying we're not voting for an income tax right. uh, uh, nomination right. or a t- tax rebate check, there was a block. They said a block of 10 to 12 Republicans mm-hmm. that also were voting against or would, would vote against it, um, but they said the number may be closer to 20 or 24. For what reason? Um, not sure why. Um, Election year? The, I'm glad you said that. The, <laughs> ar- the two articles I read, both of them said that it is an election year, but because it was an election year, why wouldn't you want to sure. reduce taxes? Of course. Uh, so that didn't really there, and I think it may be something we just don't want to mess with it. I know the Senate wants to do; they would rather see rebate checks back to you okay. because they say, "Hey, this money's one-time money. Right. Let's just get it back to the people, and let's not cut ourselves off in the future." Whereas the House last year really pushed for complete elimination. They did get some elimination by 2026, um, but they did not bring anything this year. So we'll kind of see. I'll, we'll keep up to date if something changes. If there's a late night, something happening a Wednesday night, we'll update you next week. But as of right now, it does not look like there will be a standalone bill for any kind of income tax reduction as, as we speak. Right, do we know how the consultants are telling the politicians how to feel? Do we know that? 
We do not know. We do not know how the consultants. Okay, we, we just make. I didn't know. I don't know if the consultants that are telling the politicians how to vote, what to do, um, maybe if they've come out and, and told them how they should feel. Well, look, Derek, this is my job in this with the UTW podcast is dad jokes. And uh, now's the time not. No, we're going to move on. Even if you made one, yeah, it would be, uh, yeah. it, would be, it, would be it would be very poor taste. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's best if I just move on and let the dad joke period, um, you know, just move on from this particular segment. But what I can tell you, Derek, uh, with with no jokes at all, what I can tell you is the the amount of smiles I saw this past Saturday night at the Mardi Gras ball was tremendous. People that hadn't seen each other in a while, people that were just so excited to get out, dance, have a good time, listen to the 90s country. There were smiles ear to ear all throughout the Janet Nesbitt. And so many of those people, their smiles are helped by our longtime sponsor, DeSoto Family Dental Care. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process and the end result. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference and give them a call at 662-429-5239. Again, 662-429-5239. Matt, I want to say two things. Number one, Dr. Trotter was the president of the crew this past year. Wonderful, wonderful ball. He did a great job. He did absolutely fantastic. Really uh, kept us together. Kept us uh, motivated. You know, had the checklist going, checking with everybody constantly. Uh, We want to say great job, Dr. Trotter. So whatever number we announce here in the next week or two, a lot of that credit goes to Dr. Bryant Trotter, one of our sponsors. Also want to mention that my daughter had her appointment on President's Day on Monday afternoon. She She wasn't in Ukraine? She was. She was. She wasn't in Ukraine. No. She okay. Was not in Ukraine. All right. Everybody she, else was. No. She was in the dentist <laughs> chair uh, Monday afternoon, and just uh, Shelby was her hygienist. Shelby did a wonderful job with her. We were in and out, Matt. Thirty minutes. There you go. Uh, just an absolutely fantastic experience. So again, cannot recommend them more. Oh, absolutely. DeSoto Family Dental Care, wonderful sponsor, longtime sponsor of our podcast, longtime sponsor every single year of the Crew Fernando Mardi Gras Ball, uh, which will probably add up to tens of thousands of dollars that they've done over the last uh, 11, 12 years working with the crew. So wonderful job. And, uh, you know, Jason Paroli, Dr. Trotter, Dr. Seymour, they all do a wonderful job and their staff there at DeSoto Family Dental Care. Well, let's turn our attention to our weekly shout outs, our Under the Water Tower shout outs. Only two of them going on. We're not going to start talking necessarily about a lot of stuff in April yet. Not quite here but we do have something coming up really soon that i think a lot of our listeners would enjoy benefits of the soto arts council Derek, tell us all about three blind wines all right three blind wines will be next thursday march 2nd again next thursday march 2nd from 7 to 9 p.m uh, this is where you and a partner pay your 40 dollars for members 45 dollars for non-members and buy three bottles of wine and you can buy those wines uh, if you go to the website, the DeSoto Arts Council website, where you can go in there and you can buy your ticket. And they give you the list of uh, wine stores uh, that will allow that are part of this process. You call them. You can either pick your own wine, have them help you pick a wine, and then they will put those three bottles aside. You do have to pay for them, of course. But they put those three bottles aside. For that night, the uh, head of the Arts Council, Kylie, she will go and pick those up the day of the event. So um, nobody else can see them. She'll wrap them and have them ready that night. Two of the bottles will be served that night for people to taste. One bottle will be put into a kitty, like a, a, a basket or a box. And then uh, as you go through the night, you'll have a, a, a cork or a token that you will put into what your vote is after you sample all the wine 
wines. What your vote is for the best wine. Whoever has the most tokens, most corks in their cup or in their basket at the end of the night will take home one bottle of everybody else's wine. So you can uh, they're going to cap it at 25 teams. The reason for that is because basically because of the size of the Arts Council itself. So 25 teams will be the total amount. So you can walk out of there with 25 bottles of wine. Again, a fantastic Thursday night. Next Thursday night. This uh, We did it last September. We're going to move this annually till March uh, for hopefully better participation. Uh, it's still, you know, kind of gets early or dark early. Uh, you know, there's not a lot going on the first week of March. Ball hasn't started, you know, game-wise, that sort of thing. So really hoping for a good turnout. But, again, it's capped at 25 teams. Please reach out to the DeSoto Arts Council uh, at their website uh, to go ahead and sign your team up. Should be a great night next Thursday, March 2nd. So please, if you're interested, your spouse, coworker, anybody that might would uh, enjoy something like that, teams of two to get out and make a difference with the DeSoto Arts Council. Derek, at the end of March, uh, instead of teams of two, it may be more uh, solo walking with what I'm about to talk about. <laughs> Derek, tell us about, we're not going to go into too deep a detail yet. As we get closer to this uh, particular situation, we'll talk more about it. Tell us about the fashion show late March in Hernando. Thursday, March 30th, starting at 6 p.m., will be the Hernando Fashion Show. This is the second annual Hernando Fashion Show. Models from the boutique stores will be there to show off all of their spring designs. Matt, I think last year we talked about this. Did you go last year? I did not go last year. If you recall, it was on a particular, like I think it was Women's Club Night and that's that right, type stuff. Right, so it was a little right. bit. Now this one, it's not on the crew meeting night. Nope. It's not on the uh, Women's Club Night. Nope. So it should be a great turnout. Yeah. So again, I'll encourage you to get out. Again, we'll have all the shops listed once we have a better feel for what that is. They're still taking those shops or deciding whether or not they want to participate. But go ahead and put it on your calendars. Thursday, March 30th at 6 p.m. There will be uh, at this is uh, going to be held at One Memphis, One Memphis right there on Memphis Street. Uh, the boutiques uh, stores will be there, and you can get a, a look at the spring designs they'll have in the store for you to purchase this spring. Should be a wonderful event, Derek. I mean, you know, maybe something a lot of wives, a lot of people, maybe a girls' night type thing. Yeah. Everything to go out and, and see that kind of stuff. And I know Instagram and all those, uh, you know, the social medias will be really uh, do a good job. And they use local that. models. That's right. So, yeah, yeah local a lot stuff. of the people that you see up we have there, some you'll friends probably that walk last year. That's right. That's yeah. right. Do they need any uh, guys? Yeah. Do they need any know. middle? Uh, I guess we're middle age. Yeah. Oh, all my thousand yeah. percent middle age. Well, <laughs> you you would be better at it. Yeah. If you're looking for a dad bod uh, model, I might could pull that off with a beard. And if you're looking for somebody who actually takes care of themselves and they will look better in maybe a medium shirt or maybe a schmedium. <laughs> Did you say with a beard? <laughs> no. I'm saying, what well, dad bod with a beard. I mean, okay. I might get help there, but uh, we digress. We'll get a little bit off topic, get a little crazy there. Well, Derek, let's finish this show the same way we always do, praising the local young people for their wonderful uh, jobs, wonderful things they've done on the sports fields. I do have somebody that mentioned something to me, and I, I apologize for this. I'll get this put together. Uh, Derek, the, uh, the theater awards that happened over the last three or four weeks, um, I know there are some listeners here in Hernando. Hernando oh, was right. very well represented in the area when it comes to the theater awards north point and hernando yeah the alley, very good called job. the alleys called the, the alleys, alleys okay yes. no pun intended with your daughter no. but uh yeah so we'll get a list of those i'll put those together and give a praise to those young people in hernando that have done that but before we get to softball and baseball and all those different things happening we mentioned that last week we're going to cover more softball and baseball later on let us turn the calendar to march let's get to spring break let's get some games and tournaments behind us and then we'll start to talk more about those men and women with these softball and baseball teams but to wrap up today's show with no basketball left to cover let's give shout outs to the all district teams when it comes to soccer and basketball right here in hernando you, you mentioned it basketball's over we won't be covering the baseball and the softball but we do need to go back and congratulate all of those who had district honors and recent signings 
So again, we will start this time. We'll do a little reverse here. We'll, we'll start in Hernando. Sure. We'll start with Hernando Soccer since their season ended first. For the Lady Tigers, Loxley Boyles, Catherine Bush, Lydia Nabs, and Kenley Moore were named uh, all district teams. Were named to the all district teams. They also had three girls represent the West in the North Mississippi All Star match. Seniors Liv Norris, Kenley Moore, and junior Emmeline Smith. We want to say congratulations to the ladies on being named to the all-district team and also for the other three ladies for their accomplishments and for representing Hernando High School. Liv Norris then announced she signed to further her soccer career at Inawaba Community College and Brooklyn Wodacek signed to play for Meridian Community College. So two more Hernando soccer players that will be able to have their tuition paid to play the game they love. We want to say congratulations to those two ladies. Now for the Hernando boys soccer team. We want to say congratulations to the 6A Region 3 All-District team players from Hernando for the boys. Those players were Connor Couch, Hayden Page, Tyler Starnes, Will Thompson, and the Region Most Valuable player, Calvin Harrison. Congratulations to all these guys who made it to within one game of the North Half Championship. Two other players, Gordo Macias and Vincent Walters, represented the West team for the boys' North Mississippi All-Star game that took place at Itawamba Community College. The West team came up short by one goal, but Gordo was named the West Most Valuable Player having a goal in the game. That's a great showing for the Tigers for those two young men. From this great season, Will Thompson signed with Northwest Community College to continue his soccer career. We wish Will good luck on his future and the other guys coming back on a great run next year. So congratulations to the Hernando soccer teams for those uh, those accomplishments. And Derek, uh, before we move on a little bit further with basketball, good season by the girls and boys teams for Hernando. One of, uh, Will Thompson, is um, he plays goalie, which is the same position as my son, and he's always been very kind, very nice, and, and you know kind of took Wilson under his wing, and uh, they became friends, and, and I appreciate Will always being nice to you know the younger kid who yeah. is you know going to be coming up and hopefully uh, playing that spot, so shout out to him. Before we move from soccer into basketball and the district championships there, we had a good friend of ours, somebody we've always known, little girl we've known since she was a kid, Maddie Sanders, mm-hmm. with Hernando Tennis, has signed on to play at Northwest. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. so she's going to continue her education, signed on to play tennis at Northwest. So Maddie, she's in our youth group, sweet young lady. Like we said, we've known her mom and dad for as long as we've lived in Hernando. Mm-hmm. So uh, shout out to her, and uh, we really want to um, you know praise her for her hard work. I know she's one of the better tennis players in the area. And um, you know just a shout out and congratulations to her for moving on and getting to do that, do that opportunity, you know, get, get your college paid for. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Congratulations, Maddie. Uh, now moving to basketball, uh, we'll start with the North Point girls. For the Lady Trojans, congratulations to Lily Milligan and Nyla Herrera for making the all-district team. That is a sophomore and a freshman. We look for them to make more all-district teams going forward. For the boys, for the Trojan boys, Christian Gilliland, Aiden Kelly, and Jack Patterson made the all-district team, with Gilliland being named the district's most valuable player. Now moving down to Lewisburg. The Lewisburg girls had a record year, and part of that was due to a couple players making the all-district squad. Allie Carroll was first-team all-region and the Region 2 6A Player of the Year. She is also now the leading scorer in Lewisburg Lady Patriots history. Congratulations to all she accomplished in her high school career. Allison Nicole was also named to the uh, district team, and Coach Coleman was the regional coach of the year. We are so proud of all of these ladies and look forward to another great year next year. And finally, the Lewisburg boys. Josiah Nelson was again named 
to the first team Mississippi 6A District 2 point guard. And along with him, Noah Jurgensen, Amari Davis, and Gage were also named to the all-district team. Congratulations, guys, on a great run, the best record in school history, and overcoming the sad start to the school year to make the run that carried you to these accomplishments. So, again, great job to Lewisburg, to the North Point, and to the Hernando teams uh, for their great winter season. I guess you call it the winter season. Yeah. Winter season. And as we mentioned, we look forward to seeing – I know the Hernando baseball is off to a good start. Yeah. Uh, the girls look like they're off to a good start. Lewisburg actually struggling a little bit. Now they're playing Tupelo. They're playing some Madison Central. So they're playing some pretty tough teams out of the bat. So we're really looking forward to catching you all up on those here, uh, as Matt mentioned, around spring break. Yeah, I've seen some social media stuff and different things about teams having you know good starts, and I think Hernando may be off to a three and zero start on the baseball diamond, and and softball walked it off the other night against Corinth. So look forward to talking more about that in the coming weeks. And uh, shout out to all those young people. Shout out to all those people that made all district, uh, region. Uh, what would you say, Derek? Calvin Harrison was the region MVP. He's yep. only a freshman. Yep. He's just getting started Hernando High School. I look forward to his career uh, for sure. So shout out to all those young people for what you guys do under the water tower and in DeSoto County as you uh, represent Hernando, whether it be across the state or across the county uh, on the athletic fields. Well, as we wrap up, Derek, we do it the same way every time. We uh, want to encourage everyone this coming Sunday, let this Sunday be your first day back. Uh, you know, If you haven't been to church in a while, if you haven't been in months or even years, please consider visiting visiting a local church this weekend. Uh, If you see one, you pass by going to work all the time, or maybe your son or daughter, they go to the youth group at a particular church, visit them on Sunday. Stop by, figure out when the service times are. I know Hernando Methodist, I don't mind saying this, 845 and 1055 are the traditional services. The 9 o'clock table service inside the gymnasium continues to grow. We welcome anybody over to Hernando Methodist Church. We really, um, you know, that's I don't mind saying that. I hope Derek doesn't mind me giving a little bit of a plug there, but uh, the doors are open, and we're, we're extremely uh, – we want to invite you to do that. And part of that on Sunday mornings, we've talked about it numerous times here, Derek is a Sunday school teacher for people who seem to be in their late 20s, maybe even early 30s, into their mid, late, early 40s, some with kids, some not, that type of stuff. And, Derek, you're covering, walking yourself through a book. What are we talking about this Sunday? Solutions. I'll keep it short. Solutions. Solutions. We have okay. discussed everything that – you know. we, we know what is uh, what kind of lives we lead. We're all in a hurry. Uh, we're all you know, maxed out. We're all at 100% of our limits. Uh, and so how do we eliminate that? How do we, what do we need to start looking at? And so we are basically halfway through the book. And so starting this week, we start looking at the chapters on solutions. What do we need to do to you know, live like Jesus lived? And so, uh, again, the book is The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And uh, so we've, we've talked about what led up to this. And now we start this week on solutions. So, again, really looking forward to uh, starting that discussion on Sunday. Also, a reminder, this is the first week of Lent, uh, Ash Wednesday. Uh, again, we're taping this on Ash Wednesday. Uh, we have an Ash Wednesday service tonight, and that means that this weekend will be the first uh, weekend of Lent. I know for some of y'all that listened, uh, you know, a lot of the religions do follow Lent in some form or fashion. Catholics, of course, you know, have to give up meat on Fridays uh, and that sort of thing. So, um, again, whatever your you know, Lent thing for the next 44 days uh, will be the month of Lent, which means Easter will be that first uh, full weekend in, um, in April. And so we're all leading up to what that week means. So, again, uh, we do encourage you to go to church this weekend. Absolutely. That's something we like to finish our show with. Again, I joke around. It is our show. We get to do what we want to do and talk about what we want to talk about. We talk about all those different things in the city of Fernando, and that's what directs our show. But when it comes to the end, uh, we like to encourage uh, people. And I'll, I'll say it, Derek, especially dads. Take your family to church this weekend. Uh, we think it'll be a wonderful opportunity for you to get back in church, 
get back into uh, something that's can help you uh, each and every day. Uh, yeah, you any, know. any of the heads of households. Any, yeah. any of the heads of households. Absolutely. No doubt about that. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this Ash Wednesday edition of the UTW Podcast. Find more information about us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. Wherever you listen to our show, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, give us a five-star review. Simply helps us move up when it comes to local podcasts. Also, wherever you listen to our show, Hit the share button. Share it with friends. Share it with family. Share it on Facebook, Hernando Happenings, any way you can to share our show and help us grow. We really, really appreciate If you enjoy our show, you'll enjoy OB Pod. OB Pod stands for Olive Branch, covering the eastern side of DeSoto County. They also do a deep dive into Lewisburg, Center Hill, and Olive Branch Athletics. OB Pod. Look them up today. Well, Derek, hope you have a wonderful week. Look forward to getting back with you next week and covering the, this coming up weekend and talking all about the different things going on in our wonderful Wonderful town, Hernando, Mississippi. If there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next week under the water tower. I keep a close watch on this heart of mine. I keep my eyes wide open all the time. I keep the ends out for the tie that binds. Because you're mine, I walk the line.